Athens, Georgia. Very famous. R.E.M. 107.3, the Eagle, Tampa Bay's classic hits. Nick Van Cleef punched in and ready to tell you that I have just signed a seven-figure extension contract with uh, Cox Media Group here at 107.3, the Eagle. Yes, it is April Fool's Day. Light, light, light the wick, Nick. This is the last one, man, uh, for me. The, uh, the last show uh, on the Eagle, and apparently uh, for some time beyond that. Yes, call it retirement. Uh, I'm calling it the third act. The next chapter, retooling, reimagining on the old blank canvas. But it is here on this uh, first day of April. I guarantee you one thing today. This will not be a... Uh, a typical show that I usually do, and if you stick with me, probably one of the more interesting radio shows you'll hear in some time. On their farewell, farewell tour. A song pretty fitting for April Fools, don't you think? Yeah. Thinking. 107.3 The Eagle. By the way, about 50% of people open the April Fools gift on April Fools Eve. So you should uh, know that. And also, uh, it's a day. When the uh, least funny people around the office try to be funny, but you've been warned. It is the first day of April. Welcome on in. 107.3, The Eagle. Carry on my wayward son. 107.3, The Eagle, Tampa Bay's classic hits. There you have it. The lady who is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice now, Stevie Nicks. It is now 621. She uh, did that particular song with Harry Styles. Yeah, he took Tom, Spetty, uh, Tom Petty's place. For that number, uh, Don Henley showed up to do Leather and Lace with Stevie. My memories, I was doing uh, Nights at 95 YNF uh, in 81? 81, yeah. And she had just uh, launched a solo tour, and I made some crass, horribly <laughs> inappropriate comment on the air, thinking I was being very clever and cute. And she was in her limo and heard it. <laughs> was not real happy about it. What was that comment, Nick? Something about not having adequate seating backstage uh, in her dressing room and my face being available, and it, it did not uh, go real well. So Stevie's in now twice, first with Fleetwood Mac, now as a solo artist, Def Leppard, the last band to be inducted Friday night on the uh, festivities at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Awards. Queen guitarist Brian May said, quote, I regard these guys as great friends and part of my family. That's why it's so important for me to be there. I wouldn't have let anybody else do this. Def Leppard singer Joe Elliott spoke for the whole band, said, quote, it did seem that every time we made some musical headway, life would knock us back down somewhat, but if alcoholism and car crashes and cancer couldn't kill us, the 90s had no effing chance. Then they went on to play Hysteria, Rock of Ages, Photograph, Pour Some Sugar on Me, and there was a big um, all-star jam. Susanna Hofsa, who was there? Rod Argent of the Zombies, Stephen Van Zant. I think Brian May was playing, too. They did up uh, Mott the Hoople's All the Young Dudes, which they are big fans of Mott the Hoople Def Leppard, so they did that at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Awards Friday night. That's going to air, by the way, the 27th of this here month of April. You'll be able to find that on HBO. It's me, NBC, working my way to the finish line. Eagle Track. How about a race shaking that drop? Three in a row. Way to go, gents. Well done. And new blood in the final four. Set Saturday, Michigan State play Texas Tech, while Virginia takes on Auburn. Two winners advance to uh, next Monday's championship game. Bring it on. Bring it on. For you and 10.
Some of the uh, more interesting uh, people I have worked with over this long, long radio career. I'll tell you all about it just ahead. 107.3, the Eagle, Tampa Bay's Classic Hits. For my love of my life. There's uh, for my Shelly. More on her later. So, interesting people I worked with over the years. Colin Cowherd, who now has a national sports show was my sports guy when I worked at uh, the point 102.5 with Carson Cooper. We did that in, I think, 93 and 94. I think he was at Channel 13, wasn't he? Anyway, he used to come in on Friday and we would do sports. And then, back to around 87, 88, I was working at 96 Rock in Atlanta with Jeff. Nick and Jeff had left 95 YNF and gone to Atlanta, 96 Rock. And lo and behold, our sports guy was a guy who was uh, working CNN, had just got a gig. His name was Dan Patrick, who uh, many of you know certainly from uh, Sunday Night Football and his nationally syndicated radio show, which is huge. His real name, Dan Pugh, know his brother very well from Mason, Ohio. I've known Dan a long, long time and well before uh, he started doing sports. I remember he was on a radio station in, in Dayton, Ohio, called WTUE. I was a morning guy. And then he went on to... Uh, Fame and glory. Dan was an uh, amazing guy to work with. Another interesting story was uh, comics. It, things started to break really big nationally for comics right around uh, 87, 88. And that's when I was in Atlanta. And the Punchline Comedy Club, they had comedy clubs in Boston and San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York. And the, a franchise, I think that's it, how it worked, or a location, a branch, whatever, opened up in Atlanta in Sandy Springs, Roswell area, the Punchline. And part of the comics contract, if you would, when coming into these clubs, they had to do a, a radio tour. They had to do radio stations in order to pump up their gig. And while I was there... Uh, <laughs> had a chance to get in the studio and uh, riff a little bit with the likes of Jerry Seinfeld, Ellen DeGeneres, Tim Allen, Jeff Foxworthy, all in the 96 Rock Studios morning show. Jerry Seinfeld, a very difficult, indifferent, <laughs> standoffish guy, but fascinating. We would uh, close the mics and uh, play songs, and he'd be reading the newspaper. He could care less if he was there or not. It was part of the contract, something he had to do. But he would read the paper, and you could see smirks and smiles and, and so badly you wanted to see the thought balloon uh, be able to read that what was going on in this guy's mind because he was uh, he was pretty uh, pretty spectacular even when the mic was closed and he was quiet you could just see it Tim Allen wonderful guy really easy to work with Ellen DeGeneres the same way but the best was uh, Jeff Foxworthy he uh, was just so super friendly and so down to earth and just the same guy on mic as he was off and all of them went to Hollywood and got big, big deals. So uh, those are just some of the folks that I, I remember working with back at that era. Eagle traffic. Mick Jagger is laid up and in sick bay. We're going to find out what the dang deal is here. After this one by the Stones at 107.3 The Eagle. So what do you think? That song might be in Martin Scorsese's portable music player? Maybe? <laughs> 107.3 The Eagle, Tampa Bay's classic hits. The Rolling Stones have postponed their upcoming North American tour dates. The band says Mick Jagger's doctors have advised him not to tour right now. No word on what's wrong with him. 
Stones say he is expected to make a complete recovery. They were going to open the tour this month, the 20th, as in 420. I get it. Uh, in Miami, and then uh, four days later, Jacksonville, 424. Uh, what are there, 17 dates on this tour? They had to postpone most of them sellouts. So that's going to be a nightmare. You know, you ask yourself, should the Stones be out on the road? I mean, is, is their time pass? Should they still be doing it? Compelling arguments on both sides. Diehard Stones fan says, well, his voice hasn't been really the same for 25 years, but it's the Stones, man. It's not a concert, it's an event. But I'm wondering if, you know, Mick heals up, and then all of a sudden, who might get sick in the band next? I know, not Keith Richards ever. But if it's Charlie Watts or Ronnie Wood, and all of a sudden they have an ailment, uh, I don't know. Should they be out or not? Tough one. You know, one of my uh, radio mentors once said that uh, every radio show you do, you're closer to your last one. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm really going to miss. Maybe not so much the day-to-day -day stuff uh, here at the radio station and talking about, uh, oh, let's say Bon Jovi or Def Leppard. But what's going to be really hard uh, for me personally is when uh, one of the big ones go down. I'm talking like, you know, with we had uh, Prince and, and Bowie and Petty and Glenn Fry. Not being able to talk about that on the radio is going to be very hard for me because it seems like I have stories about every band. I may not know how to, to to fix a car, and you can ask my wife. I am not the home handyman, but there's not a band. There is not a band that you can't bring up that I don't have a story about, either a personal story or uh, just uh, reading about them. So, I don't know, if it's a McCartney or a Jagger or, 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 or one of the biggies go down, and I don't have a, a microphone to talk about that on the air, that's going to be a wee bit difficult, no doubt. Eagle Traffic. Brought to you by Anvil. You certainly don't think I'm going to leave this here radio station without talking about the Beatles, do you? Come on. Come on. Break coming up in 10 minutes. Talk about the boys. 1073 to Eagle. Gee, Nick, who's your favorite band? Well, two-part answer. There's the Beatles, and then... There's everybody else. 1073, the Eagle Tampa Bay's classic hits. Uh, Helter Skelter from the White Album. Precursor to punk, new wave, grunge. Hmm. Some would argue, yes. The story behind that song, as I understand it, is that the Beatles uh, heard some chatter that the Stones uh, were rocking harder and uh, the Who had just come out with My Generation. And uh, the Beatles were, well, yeah, they're good, they're mop tops, but they're, you know, kind of uh, this Sergeant Pepper, but they're a little softer. And McCartney goes, hold my beer, watch this, <laughs> and launches into Helter Skelter, which is an amazing rock song. So, if I were to be asked my favorite Beatles tune, almost an impossible question, because there's so much uh, I love that uh, McCartney has done, and, and uh, if it came down to it, came down to you know where I had had to had to had to pick one uh, it would be across the universe uh, only because uh, of John Lennon and uh, just what it represents the lyrics and all of that so that would probably be the one I saw them at Crosley Field in Cincinnati Ohio this was August 21st 1966 I think it was 12 at the time I was 12 about to become 13 they had a rain delay. They did two shows on that date. They had to do Cincinnati, and then they went on to St. Louis. Uh, and it was a life-changing experience. I knew after seeing them 
and the reaction uh, of of the girls in the audience. I said, wait, I got to do something close to this business, somehow tie into it. How? So I was in a rock and roll band in high school, a uh, garage band in, in part of college, and I knew I wasn't good enough to do that. I said, well, what's, what's the next choice? We'll get into rock and roll radio so you can talk about these guys and play rock and roll tunes, and that is how it happens. That is... Uh, how, uh, how big they were in my life. I have a uh, College of Rock Knowledge question regarding the Beatles. They uh, played Florida twice. Uh, I'm going to give you the first one. They were supposed to play Jacksonville. Was this the 9th? Yeah, it was the 9th of September, 1964. They were going to play Jacksonville, but there was a hurricane coming in, so they had to fly these guys uh, down to Key West to hang out until it passed. And uh, then... I think uh, two days later, the, the 11th, they actually played the date. What is monumental about this is that the concert was originally to have been racially segregated. White sit in one part, black sit in another. But the Beatles refused to perform until they received an assurance from the promoter that the audience would be mixed. This, my friends, 1964. John Lennon, the quote... We never play to a segregated audience, and we aren't going to start now. I'd sooner lose out on our appearance money. So Lennon tells Brian Epstein, uh-oh, we're not playing. Uh, Brian Epstein goes to the, the, I guess, the redneck tour promoter, uh, Gator Bowl, and uh, they, uh, they change things. Otherwise, the Beatles weren't going to go on stage. Someone said that they had 45-mile-an-hour winds when they played Jacksonville. Ringo had to have the uh, drums uh, anchored down on stage. Okay, here's your question for KISS tickets, 877-595-1073. Final College of Rock Knowledge for Prof. Nick Van Cleve, board-certified, licensed rockologist. You bet. Uh, the question, they played Florida only twice. I told you about one. What was the other date, or at least the other time, they paid, played Florida? It was in that same year. If you can tell me, I'll set you up with KISS tickets. They are coming to Emily Arena. That's going to be April 11th. Eagle Trap. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Death. Levered on 107.3. The Eagle. Well, it's the uh, portion of the show where I start to thank people. Uh, I want to thank uh, my good buddy Skip Cole, my neighbor Joe. Uh, and then... Uh, Various radio folks I've worked with in Tampa Bay Radio over the years. The Russ Albums, Dom Capone, Scotty Phillips, Becky Gordon, Charlie Logan, John Harris, John Moore, John Larson, Ann Kelly, Mr. Bill, Lake Great Carson Cooper, Mimi Lawson, uh, Mike Cernak. And then there were special people inside the building who, who have kept me sane. Uh, certainly these last couple of months, uh, Amy Cardi and Jeff Slater and Julia Freeman and Tim Kelly. And then uh, one Mr. Ron Diaz, which we uh, agree upon our favorite Led Zeppelin song, and this would be it for you now. Monumental Led Zeppelin, just how great was John Bottom. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, 107.3, The Eagle, Tampa Bay's classic hits. Nick Van Cleve taxiing down the runway. Final break to talk about Jeff Jensen, my uh, morning partner. Uh, and, and Powell for many, many years. Jeff and I worked at 98 Rock together. Uh, that was in late 70s. Then we worked in Houston together. And then, out of Houston, we just said, you know, to hell with radio, let's go travel Europe. And we did. 
six months in, in Europe, traveling a backpack together. Um, then on to 95 YNF. It was the Breakfast Flakes. I think it was Ron Diaz and Steve Austin. They left, and we uh, removed them anyway, and we became the, the morning show. And we were doing stuff like uh, Hideous Wine Shirt Thursday and Dashboard Dinner and House Cleaning in the Nude. We did one stunt where we had a barge pulled next to the Howard Franklin because they were doing some repair work. And there was a big barge. So we got the station vehicle, all the station broadcast, remote equipment, and a big beach umbrella, and Becky Gordon in tow. And we decided to say, hey, yeah, here's the idea. Wave to us on your way to work, the Howard Franklin. Now, mind you, the Howard Franklin, just four lanes then. Two go in each direction. Uh, we started at 6. We're supposed to go to about 10, 10.30. By 8.30, the highway patrol said, Get out! Get out! Stop it! Shut it down now! We had uh, backed up traffic uh, in several miles in both directions to a standstill on the Howard Franklin. Uh, they did not uh, appreciate that a whole lot. So then we went to Atlanta, 96 Rock. Worked a couple of years together there, and then... Uh, we kind of went our separate ways. I will tell you this about Jeff. You probably, uh, maybe some of you know him from, from Treasure Island. Uh, hands down, my, my favorite time in radio was doing the morning show with Jeff. And the most creative, funny, intuitive guy I had the uh, pleasure to work with. So, to Jeff, our mentor, he used to say, Money is everything. Love is all there is. Ain't nobody better. Just different. Eagle Travel. Hey, I'm just giving you a heads up. I have one more break I want to do just before 9 o'clock as I punch out, uh, wash up, and close up shop. I got a, a, a thank you and philosophy of radio and certainly want to... Uh, Address the uh, listeners as well, but I hate myself for loving radio as deeply, deeply as I do. What a seamless segue, huh? Here's WrestleMania Queen herself, Joan Jett, on The Eagle. 107.3, The Eagle, Tampa Bay's classic hits. And so it goes. Music changed my life. Radio, the vehicle for that music, was my connection to a world that lay outside my small hometown. During those difficult adolescent years, it was a friend in the dark, a messenger to a lover, a magic carpet, a ticket out. Rock Radio 75 to 95 special. During that glorious area, rock ruled every corner of the music industry. It really did. It thrived. What made it uniquely special was, I guess, the spirit of cooperation. There was a perfect storm of exciting bands, iconic bands, prolific record labels, savvy concert promoters, and destination record stars. You remember Beaches, don't you? Yeah. But radio was the driving engine behind that rock revolution. Popular stations were the megaphones that evangelized the masses and helped wrecked artists on a national scale. Radio station... Labels, stores, promoters banded together to expose great, great new music. This pay-it-forward collaboration had never really existed before, and sadly, it's never going to happen again, but it sure was fun while it lasted. My bands you probably uh, have known from over the years, Beatles, number one, Steely Dan, number two, and then these guys who uh, I think are pretty special as well. Notice you. 
107.3, the Eagle, Tampa Bay's classic hit. What do they say? Straight up 9 o'clock? Yeah. Uh, there's a radio thing for you. What a long, long, strange trip it's been. And what a ride. I want to um, tell you about a, a woman that I uh, walked home when she was 14. She is uh, my love, my light, <clears throat> my North Star, my gravity, and she's an extraordinarily patient and tolerant woman. She really is. And uh, Shelly, I love you dearly. Now, for the rest of you, many thanks for uh, waking up with me in your car, kitchen, working out, rising of that Florida sun to begin your day. It has been an honor. For when I, I am uh, eternally grateful, it's because of you. I've well, I've been able to communicate through the world's greatest medium, music. Every laugh, tear, and mood-changing moment has enriched this old boy's life. I'll tell you. Every time that clock uh, strikes six, I'm going to be there, still enjoying my uh, morning cup of coffee, my morning cup of Joe, but without the pleasure of sharing my thoughts with you. To all of my listeners, you have made. Made these years a ride of a lifetime. So you're saying, Nick, what's your last song, huh? Well, Sex Pistols did a version of Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way, and here it is now. Come on. Come on. You knew it had to be this, right? What else could it be? It was a grand time. Thank you very much. There's my boys. Give it in. <laughs> 